watching or listening to episode 15 of Bell to Bell. You can watch us on VIP YouTube or follow us on Spotify and download to, to get us coming at you in your ears. I'm Steve Lillis, and as usual, my co-host is here, top journalist John Evans, and a very special guest this week, a man who boxed professionally, has established himself as a trainer, promoter, manager, Dave Coldwell. Um, Dave, thanks for coming on. Just when I was announcing that mouthful, I was just wondering, have you held every board licence? I'm not sure if you've had seconds, wits, and matchmakers. <laughs> I've had no, I've had seconds, um, but I've not had the whip, uh, and I've not had the matchmaker because even when I was promoting, I was matching myself for the majority oh, of it. But um, but then I then I had John Pegg on as a, a matchmaker as well. But um, yeah, I mean, when you're a promoter, you don't need to get a matchmaker's license as such. But um, I've had a, I've had a few licenses. Um, <laughs> I don't really t- I don't really talk about the the boxer's license that much. That was pretty shit, but. But we um we move on onto onto the other licenses there. Hey, I'm a bit more happy with the rest of them. You know what? I see so many boxers who have done well in other sides. They always put down their boxing career, but you still did it and got in the ring on one fight. So never put it down, Dave. I don't think. And no, a lot of fighters yeah. are like that. You know, guys that have had with John Pegg the other week, and he was sort of putting down his career, but he still did it. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad. You know what? I'm glad he did it. Um. Uh, there's a couple of moments that, that I look back on quite fondly, you know, um, the Mickey Campbell fight, uh, the uh, MEN, um, boxing uh, over in Spain against Bueno, who boxed for the world, won the world title his next fight, and Terence Gaskin, and also Louis Veach winning the area title. So I had a, I had a few nights that, I'm, that I can, you know, be happy with. As such. And also, Dave, you, I don't think your promotion, the shows you promoted get enough credit as well. We were talking about Man. it. They were great, great nights, yeah. though. If you didn't go yeah, home with Chris Healy's blood on your shirt, <laughs> had a bad night. They were great. Yeah, they, they were good nights. And the atmosphere, do you know what made them is the fans. You know, I, I always wanted to put on fights that were entertaining. The prospects I wanted to have against guys that were throwing back, even when in the developing fights, I wanted guys that would throw back. Um, and the crowd really bought into that. And and the atmosphere that, you know, bowlers were fantastic. But obviously I, I did them all over the place, you know, yeah. Sheffield, Rotherham. Um, everywhere, even doing them in Liverpool. Um, and yeah, I, they were some good nights. They were some good nights. But I, it was always, it was always a point of um, I don't like the promoter side because, especially you guys know, without without TV yeah. budgets, it's very very difficult. When you want to put on competitive fights, and and I put on a, quite a lot of big fights, you know, English title levels and things like that. It's very hard um, to make them work financially, and so therefore. Fighters, you know, you're having to emphasize on fighters to, you know, can you sell tickets? Can you sell tickets? There's a lot of fighters that go through the net, that slip through yeah. the net, that are good fighters, but because they can't sell tickets, they don't get the breaks, they don't get looked after. Um, and it, as a, I prefer being a manager because I'm fighting for the the, the fighters, um, but we're promoting. I'm having to try and get them as cheap as possible as you can do because otherwise you can't run the shows. And that's, you know, that, I didn't I didn't really enjoy that side of side of the game. Right, um, right, this is how Bell to Bell works. If you're watching for the first time, we discuss six topics, strictly three minutes of each, each three minute rounds each topic. And then John does something after three minutes. And I'm warning you, he's an angry John, Dave. The <laughs> bell comes in mid sentence, midpoint, it doesn't matter, you cut off. And you just have to stop. You, you just have stop. to stop. Straight on to okay. the next topic. Right. Um, 
round one this week. I think we're starting with you, John, and um, a fight that's being mooted. Yeah, let me get this timer going. Right, off we go. Um, yeah, Ryan Garcia and Manny Pacquiao. Now, firstly, this is explosive, exciting fight. One of boxing's young talents and one of the most exciting, devastating fighters has been in the last decade. But I, I couldn't help being a little bit disappointed. And I just think it's another case of boxing sort of shooting itself in the foot. We've got a group of fantastic lightweights. We've spoke about this time and time again. These guys are more than capable of forging a new era and carrying the sport to a new generation. And all of a sudden, we've gone back to another old name who's faded and we're looking to build Garcia off the back of Pacquiao. I, I don't think he needs it. I, I think Garcia against Tank, Garcia against Haney. Give them some learning fights. Let the personalities and styles come through. And I, I just think if, if we go for that fight, it's no given that Garcia wins. Pacquiao can can beat him. Look what Campbell did with a straight left hand. I just wish boxing would concentrate on the young guns for once. Oh, you know what, John? I, I usually would, but I haven't really got a problem with his fight. I, you know, yeah. you know what? I think he's jumping two, two weights. He's a five foot ten lightweight. He's not a five foot ten, yeah. five foot eleven. Pacquiao's now 42. By the time this fight happens, it'd have been two years since the Furman fight. And I think for you know what, maybe I'm thinking too much from the business side of boxing, and I do get what you say about these lightweights can fight each other, but if you're one of these countries in the Middle East who's looking for, we say, good publicity, you know, Bahrain has talked about boxing, Qatar wants to come in, Saudi Arabia, imagine having Ryan Garcia in your country for a week, 8.4 million Instagram viewers telling them what a great country this is, you couldn't buy that sort of um, publicity for the site fee, and, uh, I know you'll think I'm being cynical, John, but I've got no real big issue for the fight. And I'd buy it. I would watch it if it was pay-per-view. Well, I've got a subscription to The Zone. If that was pay-per-view, I'd pay my 20 quid to watch it. I don't know yeah. your thoughts, Dave. Do you know what? I'll be honest with you. I saw that and I like the fight. I think, I think on a, I'm looking at it from a development point of view, from Ryan Garcia development. You know, I think the Tank Davis fight is a little bit early for him, maybe. Um, I'd like to see him against Saini. I'm with you, John. I'd, I'd like to see that fight done now. But having said that, for Garcia's development, the, what he's going to learn with sharing a ring with Manny Pacquiao is going to be priceless. And I think for him, trying to be built into a superstar, yes, he's got the following and the marketing and the publicity, but he needs a substantial backing in terms of what he can do in that ring. And the experience it'll gain from fighting Manny Pacquiao. Now, if you were to say that Garcia was fighting Thurman, you'd be like, that's a good fight. Well, Pacquiao beat Thurman in his last fight. Yeah, so, no, 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 yes, no. I think, I yes, think it's a yes, good fight. Yes, he's old. I think it's a great fight. But I get what you're saying with, with yeah, we want to see those fight, all those fight each other right now. Um, but if that can't, you know, we don't know what's, what the stumbling blocks Hi, were. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Go on, go on Steve. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm on about my first stop. It's Terence Crawford. And he's crawling towards this big fight. And, um, I'm really fearing where this fight's coming from. You know, Spence is looking higher, looking at Canelo, he's mentioned now. Sean Porter's not getting the money he wants. Aram says he's only worth one million, the same as Kel Brook. I'm guessing that's what Kel Brook, because he was cited in the quote. And if he got a million Kel for that, fantastic. The problem with Crawford um, fighting at PBC fighters is, you know, the expense of them, and they're not really pay-per-view, according to Aram. You know, Spence Crawford's up there with Fury AJ, Taylor Ramirez, which we're going to see. 
You know, next in line for him, if the WBO number one's Porter, next in line is Virgil Ortiz, who's on a... And that's going to be a hard fight to make. You know, I, I, I like that fight. Ortiz is, is doing well for himself. You know, but there again, you're going to have the TV there because he's with the zone. You know, Mikey Garcia's next in line. He's slammed Aram. And the WBO are going to put some sort of mandatory on him soon. Um, it's more more than 12 months since he dropped. He fought that um, Cavaliuskas, the, the Lithuanian. And Porter's number one doesn't seem to want the fight. And, it, and I'm wondering how, how bad it's going to be for him. I mean, he could get the Ramirez-Taylor winner. You know, they, they're expecting whoever comes out on top there could move up to welterweight. But um, are they going to want to jump in at the deep end first fight of that weight? I don't know how you see it, Dave, for Crawford. Do you know what? I'm a, I'm a massive fan of Terence Crawford. Um, I was a, I was a cut man for uh, Billy Nelson and Ricky Burns when Crawford came over. That's when we first really, uh, you know, we saw him coming through, but that's when we first saw him up close and personal and realised just how special this guy was. So I followed him all the way through. I'm a massive fan of his. And I'm just, I'm like you, I'm just so disappointed. Not on his side. He's been screaming for the fights. He wants a big fight. I'm disappointed those fights haven't been made. And somebody, somebody like Bob Arum, has got that clout, has got that money, has got that backing, has got that reputation where he he can make these big fights. He can make these big fights. And for some reason, you know, you look at um, Crawford, his fan base back home at uh, o- Omaha, massive. He's, he, you know, he's a massive draw. And the pay-per-view numbers are doing well. He's a big-name fighter. He should be in the big-name fights. And unfortunately, he's not been. And now he's getting older. What is he now? 32, 33? He's getting older. Yeah. You know, so we're perhaps, you know, we're perhaps looking at him. He's, he's going to start going down the other side of the hill very, very shortly. By the time he gets the big fights, is he going to be past it? You know, the 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 uh, Spence fight for me, I'm gutted in Errol Spence, aiming higher, talking about Canelo like you say. He's just cashing out. He's looking for the big money. That Crawford fight is the one that's right there in front of him. And I, you know, I lay. I think that he should be the man that that, that goes for that fight. Dave, right on to your first topic. Dave, your first topic is that small hall boxing, I think, Dave. Yes, mate. Do you know what? I'm coming, we, we touched on it earlier on. Um, I'm, I was very involved in small hall boxing. I came to myself, box on, on small hall shows, become a promoter, putting on small hall boxing without TV. I understand what, what this sport, what, what this side of sport does for the future. The amount of big name fighters that you, that you see go on. They start off a lot of them, unless they're signed with Matchroom, unless they're signed with Queensbury, they're on the small old circuit. And there's so many good fighters there that are built through, that are bred through, getting the experience, getting the getting the fan base there. And then they end up getting their opportunity and moving on to bigger things. But without the small hole fighters, we're going to run. It's, it's like a reservoir for the big name fights. You know, when, when these guys are signed straight to Matchroom, same to uh, Queensbury, they're looking at opponents. Now, unless we want foreign opponents are just journeymen turning up. You need the guys that have been built up and maybe got 5-0, 6-0, 7-0 records that then step out into TV shows and take the opportunity. They might get beat, come back, and then come back again. But that's that's where these fighters are, are, are bred and, and turned into good fighters. And with the pandemic and small old boxing being dead now, my worry is what's going to happen for the future. You know, we need the government to get behind the sport to help the small old boxing, help these guys get 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 the promoters being able to put the shows on, so these guys can work. These guys don't walk away from the sport because we're going to lose a lot, and we're going to pay for it in a couple of years' time. We don't see it now. We're going to pay for it in a couple of years' time. Yeah, you're going to lose 
Um, promoters are going to struggle. You're going to lose fighters who've got used to a weekly wage popping into the yeah. bank account because they've been working. You're also going to lose fans. You know, I, yeah. I spend most weekends at small hall shows and, you know, I might get 800 to 1,000 fans there. They get out of the habit of coming and out of the habit of buying tickets off of mates. They'll just slowly drift away. Um, yeah. I, I think the scene's in urgent need of a, a bit of a cash injection here just to just to enable five or six fight dinner shows even, just to yeah. keep things moving. Um, if, if sporting events are cancelled, maybe dinner shows is the way around it. But we need to come up with a, a decision pretty quickly, I think. Yeah. You talk the cash injection, but where does it come from? I mean, a lot of people mention it should come from Sky... BT, but I don't think we can expect them to, to no. play. I know, you know a lot of fans put you in there saying, well, Sky and BT, well, no, it's not their job. They're not boxing channels as such. They're sports channels. Boxing is part of their portfolio. You don't see football fans saying BT should be bailing out non-league clubs who are, you know, it's where this money mm. comes from to, to give them. And I can see you'll get some promoters survive, like Steve Wood, who've got other businesses to fall back yeah. onto. Steve Goodwin, because of the way he runs his show, but you know, Mo Pryor's got, got a way he runs with sponsors. But I think a lot of small hall promoters could fall by the wayside as well. It's time. Uh, right, one of, the, one of the fights that got announced last week, but it got, got sort of lost in the mix of all the Sky announcements. I think it's a potential fight of the year with um, Lee Wood and Reese Mould for the British title. I, I think it's a can't miss. Um, Reese's thriller minute. Lee Wood's, a, I think he's a really, really good fighter in desperate need of a big win. I think it's a can't miss. But I started thinking about other fights that appear on these BBB of C circulars and everyone gets excited about it. You know, these two have been put forward for a British title and deep down, you know, it's never going to happen. I just wonder if there should be some kind of system in place where fighters can say they're available. You know, they opt in to a, the British title mix. Therefore, you know, there's no title fights getting postponed because someone's pulled out. There's no cancelled purse bids. The titles would keep moving. It'd give these fighters coming off of small holes uh, a clearer pathway to to the big shows. And I just think it, it might be a good idea if fighters could say, "Don't consider, you know, opt out of the British title picture," so that when the board have the meetings, they know the fights they're making have got a real good likelihood of happening. Yeah, I think you know. Again, so it, the book starts with the fighters. If the fighters want those fights, then then they they, they will happen. You know, but the problem is, is say for instance, if if there's another path for them, when it comes to a purse bid, they get the purse bid, it's not enough, and they say, well, I'm not fighting for that title for that, I'm yeah. not taking that risk for that. So they decide not to take the fight. A lot of times, fights don't happen because the, the money comes through and the money that they're offered, they're not willing to take those fights. But perhaps, like you said, maybe if they're not looking at that avenue, not looking at going for the domestic avenue. Maybe they can opt out, and like you say, it leaves a bigger a bigger pool for the, for the smaller guys. You know what I mean to come through, but that's a little bit of a difficult one, a, a tricky one, because until the situation arises, until they get made mandatory, until they get put forward, they perhaps don't know what the situation is right now. Yeah, true. But yeah. Dave, what a, what a fight with wooden wooden mold. Brilliant. I can't wait for that. You know, Lee Wood's working now with Ben Davidson, and he's learning. He's learning. He's learning how to get his power shots off more, you know, because he, I'll, Ben, I'll echo what Ben said about his punching power. I took Lee on the pads once when he came up for a bit of sparring. I was gobsmacked at how hard this kid punches. He really does, but he's just never been taught how to sit on his punches and deliver them properly with technique. And Ben's been working on that. And Ben, I was talking to Ben the other day. He's, if he gets this right, he, this could be a really disruptive performance. Yes, Ben. And then Reece Mould, you know, what he, the development he's made, just learning, being in that ring with Josh Warwick in that gym, in the ring, starring. Yeah. 
with Josh Warrington for three and a half years. It, it is an intriguing fight. Um, um, but what do you say about the going back to the board list there? I think that the board have to put these fights out. You know, like the Cash and Bentley's gone out. We know it's not going to happen, but they have to chance it in case they do go out. I think I saw one of them tweeting the other night about sure it's a fight, but you're done, Steve. Go on. Next topic. My, my, my next one, the art of matchmaking. Um, I'm sure Dave will appreciate that. He's made matches. He's himself. He's worked with John Pegg, who is a brilliant matchmaker. When Dave promoted his own shows in Sheffield and lost all lost thousands, as I dare say, even if they were great nights out for everybody. But you know what? We get a lot of these days of box rec matchmakers, where a matchmaker goes down box rec, brings them into someone who isn't the greatest, knows they can pay out the record, but. Whoever at Matchroom is making the Connor Ben matches is fantastic. What the way they're doing it, it reminds me of the old school Mickey Duff, Wilford Sourland. I mean, you know, since the since he got revenge over pain, I was making some notes. Um, you know, he beat Steve Steve Jamoy, not the fight he was, but was still a winning fighter. The Sebastian Formella, who had only lost to Porter. Now, when you look at that closely, he wasn't even in the fight against Porter and was beaten for every second, every minute, but still a great match and people latched onto it. Now Samuel Var- Sammy Vargas, who was, I think he dropped Khan in round two or three, but went the distance, 12 with Luis Colazo, and then got stopped by Virgil Ortiz, you know, who's only been stopped by Danny Garcia and um, Errol Spence, I think. And you know what? I looked at all the opponents, I've got some notes here, I looked at all the opponents he's, he, he's beaten and the... Ben, um, Connor Ben would have beaten all of them. I mean, the only name on there really is Ali Funica, who was a lightweight and nearly 40 at the time. And, you know, and then uh, three years ago, he won a split decision against Jesse Kuvala, who Ben knocked out in a couple rounds a year later. To me, this is just brilliant development matchmaking by whoever's making the fights there. I don't know if Eddie's making these fights or someone else, but the way they're matching him is absolutely fantastic. And because of that, is why, you know, a lot of credit to Tony Sims also, but that is why this kid has improved so much through right fights, right time. And there's not been a single mistake made in his matching, apart from maybe the pay, the pay now first fight. I think, I think what you're saying there, the key word is development. The art of matchmaking is developing your fighter. You know, it's, it's no good just put them in with guys that aren't going to ask questions. About. Each one of these opponents, I, I get what you're saying when you're analysing who the fought and this that. But each one of these opponents he's, he's been uh, given are actually uh, uh, giving him an opportunity to work on things that he's been doing in the gym. And he's actually getting asked questions. They're, they're still throwing punches. That, you know, that uh, might be a tricky, awkward opponent that's on a move. He's got to cut the ring down better than what he used to do because he used to have really, really slow feet. Is that improving? You've got to see little elements in his game that, that's developing him. Otherwise, you, you've had a record without no thought, uh, thought process behind it when they go out of the, that shallow waters into deep waters, they get completely found out. It's got to be done in stages. And when you have a talent or some a fighter that's inexperienced but has talent or is inexperienced, has a little bit of talent. Time. On to your final topic, Dave. Tony Bellew, the boss. Bellew, the boss. Yep. Yep. Tony, Tony, obviously, we know what he's done in his, in his career as a fighter. Now he's, he's a manager and he's proving to be a very astute manager, a very, very good manager. Um, I always knew that he, did, he wouldn't have the patience to be a coach. We spoke about that. Um, <laughs> he hasn't got patience for that. But 
he will fight tooth and nail on the business side of things to get the best for his fighters. That's just what he is. He's, you know, he's, he, 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 he will only work with a certain amount of people because he wants to give all his energies for it. He's very passionate. And actually, Bellew's got quite a, quite a lot of pull because of what he's achieved, because of what he's done. He's gone up against the system a couple of times. You know, he's, 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 he's gone against the grain and, and he's come out on top. Um, and I think, he's a, I think he's a great asset for any young kid that's, that's turning pro. I, I think he's got the clout and he's got the experience of when things go wrong and when things are difficult, when, when you are getting pulled left, right and centre from different people in the sport. So he's got a lot of experience to put onto, onto the fighters that he's looking after. Is it just that I think he really gets it? Like, yeah, he's very PR savvy, Tony, as you'll know, David. I'm sure John knows some of his dealings with him. And um, the other night, like, he had a little back and forth with with uh, Kid Galahad, but he ended it eventually, right? I'm just going to stop now. And he's so PR savvy. And I've always liked Tony. I'll never forget, you know, how he gets, well, I say that same we use in boxing. He gets it. I remember, you know, and, and he, he will know how to build his fighters. Not just in the ring, but getting their PR out. I remember when, um, you know, only Box ever did this. I had an interview for Boxing Monthly once, and I rang him to do the interview. And I said I was at Everton Saturday, and he said, "Well, I'll come and find you before the game." And he came into the press room to find me to do the interview. He absolutely gets it. I think he'll be a brilliant manager. I also yeah, think yeah, Tony, Tony understands the um, the dirty side of the nuts and bolts of it. You know, he, yeah. Tony's got injured. Tony's fought yeah. on small old shows. Um, Tony's taken risk fights and been willing to take risk fights. Remember the fireworks when he, he lost 20 pounds in three days to fight cleverly yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Tony understands that you've got to take risks and you've got to do the hard stuff in order to get to the big stage. And he'll expect that of his lads, won't he? Yeah, he will. And, and you know what? He'll only expect 100% nothing less. Yeah. And the thing about what as well is that he wasn't the most naturally talented of the fighters, but he knows that he made it through his hard work through his determination and understanding the business side of things and understanding that a promoter loves you while you're winning and while you're pulling in the numbers. If you have a fight where you still win, but but it's a stinker, puts you to one side and he understands the process to pull you back from that because he had to do that himself, you know? He's, he had to do that himself a couple of times. So he gets it, he understands the business side of things as well as the fighting side of things. And that's very, very important for a, for a manager. Perfect. That's for three minutes. You timed that perfectly, Dave. Anyone want to think you're a pro? <laughs> I'm used to three minutes. It's finished. Well, fellas, thanks very much for this week. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, John. Cheers for that. I'll get away, Dave. You're launching something in a little while, so uh, I'll sure say we'll hear about all that and see it on the internet. Thanks very much, Dave, for joining us, and we'll catch Cheers, you again mate. soon. And thanks, thanks for as always. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. For all boxing info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro across and off, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.